succinct. You <laughs> yes. knocked it out of the park. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Chrissy. You're welcome, Wheeler. I think you have the wrong script. Thank you, Chrissy. I'm at episode 38 script. No, we're episode 39. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read scripts. Scripts read me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Name Image Likeness Podcast, the podcast dedicated to covering the NIL world. I'm Wheeler. And I'm Chrissy, and we serve on the NIL team at VictoryFi. VictoryFi offers software built by Wheeler and our team that monitors NIL compliance and education. And we have a platform for student athletes to create merch. Our framework platform partners with athletic programs to teach student athletes how to manage money earned through NIL and how to navigate the NIL world. And our Nilly.io platform, it is the easiest way to NIL. It allows student athletes to build their own custom merchandise. You can check that out at N-I-L-L-I-E.io. That's right, Nilly.io, N-I-L-L-I-E dot I-O. And Chrissy, I am excited. We get to go to the One Nil Empowerment Summit this week. We're packing up now, and this episode will come out the day, actually, the day after we go and, and you know and participate in the summit. We're super excited to share our experience. We're gonna do some podcasting up there, record, talk to some people, do some interviews, and um, really just kind of give it a showcase that it deserves. Yeah, it'll be very fun. I'm really excited. We're it's in Atlanta, like we said uh, two episodes ago, and there's gonna be some great speakers and guests. We are some of the guests, obviously, so excited <laughs> about that. Um, and we're headed over to Atlanta. It's on June 13th, so the day before this episode comes out. Um, but before we do that, which we're excited, excited to see Reggie, but before we do that, what are we going to talk about today? Well, these collectives are going to need to cross their T's and dot their IRSs, because this week we're talking all about the IRS's memo that suggested breaking. Nonprofit NIL collectives offering tax deductions could be breaking the law. Dun, dun, dun. And Twitter is going crazy. We're having fun watching along. A lot of people we talk to that we've had on the, the, the podcast will be affected by potentially what comes out of this. Yes. That very, very interesting, interesting memo. Curious about the timing. So, yeah, very, uh, very interesting. I'm excited to talk about it. Go through the memo. But before we do that... Should we get to the news and facts? News and facts. The executive director of the College Football Players Association, Jason Stahl, recently called for players to boycott the EA Sports Group licensing deal that we spoke about a few weeks ago. He says the deal is bad for players because the players only earn a one-time payment of $500. And it was negotiated on behalf of the players by a company that doesn't even represent them. The company is one team partners. And then finally, it also pits big name players against those who are lesser known. And so he just says, this is no good. I guess. Interesting. God, this one's really interesting because I like the game. It went away because of all the money thing. It was a staple of growing up in high school, playing NCAA with your friends. But okay. So in a digital world, mm-hmm. like you're, you're picking the team. Like you're not you're not putting together you know quarterback from Alabama running back from Auburn you're not making like all SEC type things so in the digital asset world unless they're doing something different and, and actually 
you know, going and putting the 3D imaging on some of these athletes' face, which takes time, and I guess that would give them more money. Like it's it's just a digital upload. Like, why would they get paid more than others? Do so. Do they don't? Pl- I guess I have I haven't played these games, which I just didn't grow up doing that. They don't play different, do they? Like, it's not like if one guy's known for doing some certain move, they're not going to put that in the game, right? They won't give him custom animations or anything like that, unless so it's, it's like just, a celebration. It's just his name. It's the name, and then like how it works is different. There's different levels of abilities and attributes you can apply. So speed, power, agility, jumping, catching, just like all the stuff you could, you know, if you wanted to rank an athlete and give give them numbers to them. That's really the difference. And then there's like a small headshot change from from like oh, what they look like. Oh, who cares? It does. So it does not matter. You could play with one running back who isn't known at all, and then another one who's super well known, but it doesn't matter. Right, right. I mean, and then it's just dumb because you can always adjust the settings anyways to whatever you want. What's interesting is that if you go and buy NCAA, you're not buying it for one player. Mm-hmm. I just, That's what they're claiming in, in the articles that are coming out is that like people won't buy it if like the player they like isn't in it. No, they just want EA. They, they will make their own player and add them to the game. It's no big deal. Like they've been doing it forever. This is dumb. So you could just make a, a player and name him someone you like. Yes, I can make Cam Newton and put Cam Newton in the game and then create a character and oh. give him the stats and abilities I want, give him number two, put him in the orange and blue, and let him fly. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, $500 is better than no $100. $500 is better than no $100. And like we talked about with the whole Nike thing and like if they were to give everybody in the you know college sports world mm-hmm. 1000 bucks. That's a lot of money for all these football players that would be in the game if you had that out. Also, I wonder how – so this Jason Stahl from the College Football Players Association, how much – so it says it's pitting like big-name players against lesser-known players, but it's not against like all the players. Like how how unknown are these players? They have to be relatively well-known for EA to find them. No, no. They're just like the rosters. It's, it's the whole teams. It's- oh, they pull – there, there's no way they're pulling every team's roster. They couldn't afford that. Five hundred dollars to every kid on the team. That's what it looks like in for, every for school football. in America. For the for the major D one programs, I believe. I think it's like yeah. Wow. So that's kind of a lot of money for overall. If you had to give it out, that's a shit ton of money. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And it's saying they're getting more, but it's not enough. Well, what is enough? Like you can't. Like I every mean, school. If you have 65 players, you give a thousand bucks each, 65,000 a school. Also, the players aren't doing anything. No, they want the game. Like, the game is the legacy, not the $500 you're going to burn on something stupid. I would pay someone $500 to put me in that game. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, I think his name's Stall because he just delays Stalls. everything. <laughs> the bill that would amend the current New York NIO law has just passed in both houses and is now heading to the governor for approval. This is in New York. The bill includes language that would prevent the NCAA from punishing any NY schools for NIL violations. So that we're kind of seeing that across the board, right? That um, states are saying you can't punish our schools if if our schools mess up with NIL. That's yes. pretty pretty normal. Um, another thing, my piece of news, also very normal. New Mexico has now joined the other states that allow high school athletes to participate in NIL activities. Nothing other to report, really, but they're they're up with the others now. That's so cool. there's about 30 at this point. We have a few collective updates. First, the Blue A Collective is formed to support Utah State student-athletes. 
The Blue A Collective says that its mission is to empower student athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness while supporting the Cache Valley community. Also, the Penn State NIL Collective's success with honor and the Lions Legacy Club. Coming together, the collectives are merging to create Happy Valley United NIL Collective. The Lions and Legacy Club was created to focus on football initially, and um, these are all powered by Blueprint Sports. Finally, the Lone Star NIL Collective is launched to support athletes across the state of Texas, regardless of school. Um, there's a lot of collectives that are supported by Blueprint Sports. We've met them in real life. Wah, wah. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's like, I'd just rather eat wet noodles. <laughs> like, there, there's nothing that's enticing me about the Blueprint Sports guys that is, uh, that's going to get me excited to give money to NIL. The ability for high school athletes in North Carolina to profit off their name, image, and likeness is now on hold. The North Carolina High School Association notified member schools that student-athletes should continue to follow the current amateurism rules until further notice. That means that student-athletes cannot use their name, image, and likeness from playing sports to make any profit. The NCHSAA Board of Directors passed a proposal to adopt a specific NIL policy for high school athletes earlier this year. The policy was set to go into effect on July 1st. The policy was then sent to the state board for consideration, which is mandated by legislation passed in 2021. But this review could take six months to a year. Also, like we've mentioned in past episodes, um, the Republicans in the Senate introduced an amendment to the bill that would require the State Board of Education to set the policy. Um, this passed the Senate and is currently in the House of Education Committee. Um, so we've got a lot going on in North Carolina, but basically it comes down to that high school NIL is on hold. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. Like it'll catch up eventually. Uh, I don't think anybody else is really um, like crushing it in high school. Yeah. Like the, the high school kids are going to be just fine. The only people I've heard that are doing amazing in high school NIL are the little brothers and sisters of like big name athletes. Yeah. Like who already had that TikTok built in. It's like Olsen twins times two. Yes. Also twins. It takes two, baby. <laughs> yes. Cool. Should we get in the main segment? Let's do it. Okay. So the IRS's chief counsel just released a memo that has everyone panicked. Like you said earlier, Twitter is going crazy. Uh, it stated that donations made to nonprofit NIL collectives are not tax exempt because the benefits they provide to college athletes are not incidental, both qualitatively and quantitatively, to an exempt purpose. So. This memo was actually dated May 23rd, but this past week it really took off. And we got our hands on the memo and we wanted to break it down a little bit. Fascinating, like 13-page read. It's Riveting. good. It's good. <laughs> but here are our notes. Um, so I guess we can just kind of share our thoughts and then talk about it. Yeah. Um, First, I do like how it's written. If you if you get this memo and you don't want to read anything, you can read like the first page and it tells you like what the problem is and then it immediately gives their conclusion. And then the entire rest of the memo is supporting facts. So you can just That's like a scientific article, yeah. It's like, very scientific. Very scientific. Um but yeah, so that's great and the if you didn't catch it, the conclusion is that collectives do not qualify as nonprofits. Um, it says that around one-third of the 250 NIL collectives that have been formed now operate as nonprofits. 
So this is going to apply to like a good number of them. Um, this is the mathlete segment of the day. Oh, That's yes. A, would you like to take that? Um, mathlete. Yes. 250 divided by three is 80... 3.3333333 collectives. Thank you, Mathlete. That's, it's time for Mathlete. Do, 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 do. Uh, the memo was from Lynn Camilo, who is the Deputy Associate Chief Counsel. And it says that collectives have obtained nonprofit status in one of two ways. I thought this was kind of interesting. So one, they can either be formed as nonprofits under state law, and then they apply for and receive that recognition for tax exemption under Section 501c3. Or they could become a program that is established under an existing 501c3 organization that might already support the school's athletic program. So I think that was cool. I didn't realize there were a couple ways they were being formed. Yeah, I didn't didn't either. Um, It's also interesting. The memo takes the issue with the fact that student athletes are being paid to promote a charity, but all or almost all of the money collected by the nonprofit collective is being given to athletes and not given to the charity that they're promoting mm-hmm. to the collective itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a big deal. If you're a nonprofit, you should be doing a charitable or education related thing. They're just paying the athletes. <clears throat> Didn't there used to be like a, a website or something you could go and see how good a charity was? Are you talking about Susan G. Komen who does nothing? Well, there's her and other ones on there. You can see like how effective your dollar is. Like I think St. Jude's was awesome. Like it, a very high percentage of your dollar actually went to the cause. But is there a limit? I don't think there's a limit to. But I think that, so, which we'll get into this too, but I think, and if any, if we've got any lawyers listening who want to clarify this, please let us know. But I think what the difference is, you can be paying your employees like to run it, but you can't be supporting other causes that aren't charitable. Got it. So just hire the athletes and then I guess so. they can get away with it. Yeah. Cause they're, I mean, they're more like, cause they're not employees of the collective. I guess you could. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. So what else you got? Yeah. It also, it says that a nonprofit can't be established to benefit the private interest of an individual like student athlete or the creator of the nonprofit. The memo gives a few examples about other companies that applied for nonprofit status but did not fit within the parameters, like an organization that formed to promote community interest in art. The, this organization sold the art of local artists and paid the artist a fee of 90% of the sales. Since the artists were directly paid, this organization did not qualify for nonprofit status. They give a ton of examples. This sounds very much like uh, what the collectors are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all 83.333 or not percent 83.333 collectives are, are doing this. Um, it also noted that a 501 that to be a 501 C three, an organization has to be organized and operated exclusively for charitable education or religious purposes. There might be a couple other things. Um, the organization must serve the public interest and not private interests. It says that even if an organization is primarily engaged in the permissible activities, one, which this is kind of crazy, even if they're following all the rules, if they have one single like significant or substantial event that supports something that's private, then you're, you cannot be a 501c3. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are they doing? If this is like such a new territory, would they just close them all down, shut them all down? That's a good question. I don't know if they would, will they make, I mean, would they rescind like everyone that filed taxes and 
last year that had the 501c3 form and used it to, as a write-off on their taxes, are, are they going to get in trouble? I wonder how that works. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. So the opinion of the memo is that NIL collectives will benefit private interest Athletes being paid to promote charity is a private benefit. It actually states in the memo that student athletes are not a charitable class. Yes, and it mentioned that maybe a case could be made if the student athletes receiving the money from the collective for their work were selected based on need, and then the collective could possibly be considered as doing charitable work. But then that kind of, that goes against, you can't just pay the athletes for being on the team. You know, like it kind of goes against with the NIL rules, not just like IRS rules. So the memo also gave another example of an organization that did not qualify as a 501c3 organization. And in that case, its primary activity was to increase employment opportunities for nurses who were members of that organization. And the memo said that a collective's activities are similar to this and that they serve to increase the number of NIL activities available for student athletes, which furthers their private interests. And, you know, since athletes are non-charitable class of individuals, according to the IRS, this is not a nonprofit. So then they got into the factors that make the IRS think that a collective's purpose is to benefit a student athlete. Um, telling donors that a large portion of their donation will go straight to the athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to at least pretend. Oh, this is uh, charitable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, telling, going back, telling donors that a large portion of their donation will go straight to the athlete, telling the public that all athletes on a certain team will earn a certain level of compensation, or that the goal of the organization is to be able to provide this compensation or permitting donors to select the team or athlete that will benefit from the donation without the option to designate a charitable program to support. <laughs> I feel like you have to designate a charity. Yeah, even the, the fraternities and sororities figure that out. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, we're doing this one for cause XYZ. Yes. Um, and then it, it ends by saying that when an organization serves both a private and a public interest, the private interest must be, they say incidental, but I guess just like tiny, t insignificant for the organization to continue as a 501c3. Very interesting. That is interesting. Do we know what prompt, prompted this memo? No, and I'd like to know. I don't know. So I was looking at some articles that were saying in the past, collectives have received warnings that like, this will come, like you can apply. I don't know why the IRS doesn't do a deeper dive in the beginning. Like it's kind of hard. We've applied for, um, at VictoryFi, we have our WOSB application. I We are not a 501c3. I don't know what that is like, but I have done plenty of government applications, even like a hub zone application for our office. And those are such a pain to do. And they there's like so much you have to enter. I cannot imagine this is like easy to do. So why is the IRS taking so long to like, why are they rescinding these things? Why would they just not approve them in the first place? I think, isn't that what companies like we were talking about someone earlier who come in and just set the collective up? They've already excelled at it. So they already have the template for yeah. it. Yeah, they come in, they eat. It's basically the people that were serving these collectives, I bet of the 80, a high percentage are the ones that came from, um, you know, hey, you're running behind. You need to set a collective up. We have the blueprint to do this. And so you can come in and just kind of set up a shop. And so there's going to be a lot of people that went for that route that are going to be affected big time because mm -hmm. they had a big pot over, yeah, 
it's interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm super curious about that. And also I just find it annoying that the IRS, like you have let people operate for like two years almost. That's nothing to the IRS. They, they, they no, can they're they're go back like 20 years yes, on you. It's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. It's not even a blink. But yeah, I just, I don't get that. That stinks. Um, I hope our collective listeners that are impacted by this, I hope it doesn't. I'm curious what y'all do. If you feel like sharing, I would love to, I would love to hear. That really stinks. Um, but yeah. That's a lot of work to, to change gears. And money. It's expensive. I wonder how this will impact donations. Or will like are people donating? Is it just a bonus that it's a tax write-off? Or are the people that are get maybe they'll get fewer smaller dollar donations, but maybe like the big money would still come in? Or are they only getting the big money because I think they're only of the getting tax? the big I would just I would think you'd get the big money because if you're gonna have to get rid of it, might as well give it to your sport of choice. Yeah. Because because they're giving it Directly to the athletes. I guess we, so we've had the conversation before about you've got these collectives and now they're kind of in direct competition with the boosters who are supporting like the athletic program. And then you have the collectives with the athletes. Maybe this will kind of serve to balance that out. Maybe you will start getting some donors going back to the athletic program. You can keep the facilities a little nicer. Sure. Because those remain 501c3s. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I guess time will tell. Yeah, who knows? That sucks. That is a fun, good memory. I get why Twitter's buzzing. Yeah. Um, there's a People lot are freaking of freaking out. People I've been reading and they're like, collectives are doomed. <laughs> Which is not true. But like it's like the world is burning, is what they say. For eighty three point three 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 collectives. Not percent. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the rest yeah. of them, good luck collecting donations and uh good luck collecting non taxable or non tax exempt donations. That's also hard. This it all sucks. It is. It's funny, it's just a and the whole point was just like they just want. Uh, just trying to help. It's just the opportunity to monetize your name, your likeness. That's what it's always been yes. about. Just don't. The opportunity just can't go away. And yes. again, the athletes aren't doing it themselves. Yes. <laughs> they got. You got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to. It's a. It's a business. Yes. Yes. Should we get into Nillies? Let's do it. Ohio State's JT Tuaimaloa. Hosted a youth football camp. He hosted the camp through a partnership between the NIL Collective Cohesion Foundation and the Boys and Girls Club of Central Ohio, Kip Columbus, and the Lindy Infant Foundation. Students from the third through eighth grade were invited, and JT took the kids through drills. How cute. That is cool. I love that. Those are some good foundations he's with. Yes. Boys and Girls Club is great. Do you know what? Those are 501c3s. Yeah, those are legitimate 501c3s. But this collective... Not. Maybe not now. I don't know anything about well, cohesion. Well, I don't know, and I don't know how they paid him through there, but interesting. Yeah, I'd like to learn more about your cohesion. Yes, very, very cool. Okay, so I have a deal about Frosted Flakes. We both like Frosted Flakes. Yum. North Carolina senior forward Armando Bacot has a deal with Frosted Flakes and its Mission Tiger program, which I bet is also a 501c3. He is making appearances with Tony the Tiger in a few cities around North Carolina. The Mission Tiger program helps bring funds to middle school sports programs to encourage kids to stay in school. So sweet. However, I just also think that's funny because they're Frosted Flakes. They're not healthy. They're not healthy at all. But I know that's like the thing is like Tony the Tiger is always playing soccer. He's very active. He balances. He does. He balances sweets and activities. Tony, yeah, they're, they're great. Balance, yes. 
They're great. <laughs> but I, I do love Frosted Flakes, but I think that's funny. Thank you all for listening today. If you'd like to learn more about Victify's platform, visit Nilly.io. If you'd like to learn more about our framework compliance platform and financial literacy courses, visit victreefy.com. If you'd like to learn more about our favorite recent Nillies from across the country, follow us on social media. We post a new Nilly daily. You can follow us on Instagram at name image likeness podcast or on Twitter at victreefynil. If you want to all in one place, you can follow our drift. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. Thank y'all. Name Image Likeness is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. The show is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer. Thanks to the team at Victory 5 for creating the content for this week's episode.